This is Global News Hour at 6. You are watching a live shot from inside Humboldt Arena right now, where a candlelight vigil is just getting underway to remember the victims of Friday's horrific crash. It killed 15 people, most of them members of the local junior hockey team. This tight-knit community forever changed since Friday night. Good evening. Thank you very much for joining us on the News Hour. Canadians are rallying around this small community of Humboldt tonight in the wake of that devastating crash. We can talk now to Global's Quinn Ola, who joins us from just outside Humboldt Arena. Quinn, we know that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has flown in to be at this vigil tonight as well. Yes, Sonia, he is expected to grieve with the thousands of people who've attended here. More than three hours before this vigil was scheduled to start, we saw people coming in. They were carrying balloons. They had stuffed animals. Uh, someone even had a box of KD, which was one of the players' favorite pregame snacks. And what they were doing is bringing them to the memorial that has been growing here on the steps, and then making their way inside. Now, the area inside the arena only has about 400 seats on the ice surface. That's been reserved for families, billet families, as well as other hockey teams who have been coming into this. Then there's about 1,800 people in the arena itself, members of the community who arrived extremely early today to be a part of this. Many of the people that we've seen going in are, are sharing tears, they're holding hands, they're embracing each other, and just being here as a support system to each other. They've been grieving together, and that's something that we've seen the entire time we've been here, is that this entire community wants to be together during this extremely difficult time. These are hockey heroes to these people in this community, both on and off the ice, and they are hopeful that they are able to come together and eventually, after memorials, after days, after weeks, after months, uh, move forward from this tragedy. Tonight, we are expecting him as well as some prayers and then it's expected to last about 45 minutes then after that 45 minutes we aren't expecting people to come out for quite some time the mayor says this is a safe space for their community they want them to be here right now um, and and experience this together so that they are able to again move forward after this and as they are grieving through this we have seen several people, as you mentioned, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is here. Um, the thousands of people, many of them aren't even in the arena area themselves. They're actually in areas outside of there, still inside the arena, but are, they're actually watching it on a live stream. Everyone just wanting to be together during this difficult time. Sonia? Absolutely. That's uh, the only thing you can do at a, at a time like this is get together in this way. Quinn, we'll come back to you uh, a bit later on as that vigil gets underway tonight. Uh, we do now know the names and faces of those being remembered there at that vigil tonight. Logan Schotts, the 20-year-old team captain, originally from Allen, Saskatchewan. Jacob liked. He was just 19 years old. Humboldt was his hometown. 21-year-old left-winger Connor Lucan from Slave Lake, Alberta. Jackson Joseph, 20 years old from Edmonton, one of the leading scorers in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. 18-year-old Evan Thomas, a right-winger from Saskatoon. Defenseman Xavier LaBelle, an 18-year-old from Saskatoon in his third season with the Broncos. Fellow defenseman Stephen Wack, he was just 21 years old and from St. Albert, Alberta. 
18-year-old Logan Hunter, also from St. Albert. He played right wing. Adam Herald, at just 16 years old, he was the team's youngest player and the youngest victim in this tragedy. Brody Hines, 18 years old, he was from Humboldt and the Broncos' stat keeper. Darcy Hogan, the team's coach and general manager, originally from Peace River, Alberta, he'd been with the team since late 2015. Mark Cross, the team's assistant coach from Strasbourg, Saskatchewan. Tyler Bieber from Humboldt. He worked for a local radio station and called play-by-play for the Broncos games. Glenn Dirksen, the team's driver from the community of Carrot River. And one more player, 21-year-old Logan Boulay from Lethbridge, taken off life support today after his organs were donated to save other lives. 14 other people on that team bus on Friday night are recovering from their injuries, some of them in a critical condition. Tonight, as tributes for those victims continue to pour in, the investigation into what caused this deadly crash is just beginning. Kristen Robinson reports. The mangled bus and semi-trailer are gone, but amid the debris, a slapshot DVD and playing cards the remnants of the last moments of a junior hockey road trip. We were just sick. And then when we heard it was a busload too, it's even more devastating. The Humboldt Arena overflowing with tributes for the 15 men who didn't survive when their team bus collided with a semi-trailer on this rural Saskatchewan highway Friday. Most of them young hockey players like 16-year-old defenseman Adam Harold, the youngest Humboldt Bronco. He had a chance to, to really make his mark and be somebody in life and just hope that it's not forgotten now on the side of a road. Logan Hunter's mother says sports was his life and he was living his dream. He loved day-to-day life. Every part of it. 18 years was way too young to leave. But I take comfort in knowing that he lived a very full life. The Broncos confirming one player who made it out of here has been released from hospital. Home ice now empty, but the president says the team will survive. I know these kids personally, and I can tell you right now that there isn't one of the humble Broncos who wouldn't be saying there needs to be a humble Broncos. The horrific crash shattering the notion of comfort in team bus rides that have become a way of life for thousands of Canadian kids. You're having fun, you're joking around, you're cranking tunes. It's, it's a good time on the bus and you feel safe. And hearing stuff, like seeing this happen, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to ever even imagine something along those lines happening. Even harder to understand in small town Humboldt, where the tragedy hits home. It's getting harder and harder um, for the community and for the parents. RCMP, who are tasked with determining what triggered the devastation, the first to lay flowers at the scene. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Let's just now cross back to the vigil that is going on right now tonight in the community of Humboldt.
to the service tonight, just getting underway Hello, in this everybody. very small community. Welcome to the Elgar Peterson Arena. My, na- my name is Reverend Matteo Carboni. I'm the vice chair of the Humboldt Ministerial Association, a local interdenominational clergy organization. It is my pleasure and honor to be here with you tonight. Thank you for joining myself, the city, and the clergy of Humboldt to pray for the Humboldt Broncos, their families and billet families, and our community. It is important at times like these when we are struck speechless by great tragedy that we gather to support one another and pray together. We recall the words of Jesus who told us, You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. We need each other to make this promise a reality. In the days to come, don't hesitate to reach out to your family and friends, your local medical and mental health care professionals, and your clergy for support. We are here for you. Throughout the weekend, the city of Humboldt set up an emergency relief center in Jubilee Hall. It will continue to be there. If you need help, day or night, go there. If you need to talk to someone during the service tonight, there are people around the edges. Well, that is the local reverend there in the community of Humboldt. It's a very small, tight-knit community of 6,000 people. Everyone gathering there tonight to remember the victims of the horrific and fatal bus accident that killed 15 people. We will go back to that a bit later on this evening. I do want to tell you that mourners here in BC are also feeling the weight of this tragedy. There is a, be- a vigil being held in Ladner right now. Uh, that's where we can cross to our Grace Key, who is outside the Lighthouse Church tonight. Uh, Grace, uh, this really is a tragedy uh, that has hit everyone, wherever they're living, really hard. Yeah, and of course, these folks just wanted to come together to be together, to support one another and mourn as well. So at this hour, the vigil is now underway. The pastor here, Danny Stebeck, is also the chaplain for the Vancouver Giants. Many folks who are coming here today, both past and present workers and players with the team. One of the folks we caught up with, Derek Holloway, a bus driver for the Giants since 2001 when they joined the WHL. The retired police officer has driven the team to 600 road games and said, is this one really hit home? From players and yep, from ex-players and, uh, and from one family member, one of the uh, boys' mums said that as long as the kid's playing for the Giants, I can't retire. So that, which is nice. And then from other players thanking me for all the safe miles that we've traveled. They said fatalities and I figured, oh my, fatalities, maybe one or two, but... Originally it was 14, like this, and, and if you saw the bus, I mean, that bus, I'm not sur- I'm surprised that anybody survived that bus. My son was one of the first responders up there, he's based in Humboldt itself, eh? He was at the scene, uh, he was actually on, on duty and then they called him in for extra hours and he was there just after everybody else had set up, but we're here on behalf of, like, the way I feel, not only to support the hockey players and their families, but the first responders. It's a huge, huge thing.
So the pastor said there's no uh, program underway. It's sort of an informal gathering for one another to show support. So they are going to be having the vigil here, expected to be wrapping up today at 7 p.m. Sonia? All right, Grace, thank you very much for that. Grace uh, Key outside uh, in Ladna today. Uh, let's go back now for a moment to that vigil that is ongoing uh, in the community of Humboldt, uh, and we can uh, see what is going on there. Let's just listen into what is being said there tonight. And uh, this, looking out here, this is the, the largest crowd I've ever seen in this building. And that doesn't include the curling rink, that's full, uh, the high school, um, the, the theater area in the high school. Um, and then we've set up overflow around the community. So this is by far the biggest event that's ever been in our city. Um, so um, I thank you for that. <clears throat> I'd also like to thank the support that we've received from the province um, and the federal government as well. Um, I'd like to acknowledge the support that we've received from people, just everyday people in our, in our province, in our city, um, throughout Canada and uh, throughout the world. I've had numerous, numerous emails, texts, phone calls, um, and so have the Broncos as well, just um, from everyone out there, just to uh, acknowledge, to share with us, um, to send their sympathies, condolences to the players, the family, the Broncos, and the citizens of Humboldt. This tonight is uh, one of the steps that we have to go through in, uh, in the healing process of our community. Um, sorry. <clears throat> um, we will get through this together. And uh, I thank, uh, thank everyone for their support. <clears throat> Going forward, um, in the next uh, days, weeks, and months, um, uh, we will do our best together to uh, get through this and uh, come out the other end. To use a hockey analogy, we'll stick handle our way through this, and uh, and uh, hopefully we won't have to dump it in the corner, and we'll we'll get to the net. So. <clears throat> So I would also uh, like to acknowledge now the, um, the humble Broncos uh, who have been a huge part of our city and town um, over the years and what they've done for our community and, uh, and how, how they have become a part of the fabric of our community. Um, so we can... Uh, Acknowledge the uh, the professionalism shown by the executive, the president, and vice president. Um, their professionalism in handling a very very difficult situation. So thank you for that. Uh, my final thoughts tonight, again, go out to the families um, of the lost players and the ones that were injured. We're here behind you. We will be here for you. And we will reach out to you in the coming days and months. So on that note, I would again like to thank everyone for coming out and being with us here this evening. 
I would like to invite everybody to stay afterwards and uh, share in each other's company so that we can uh, support each other and get through this. Um, and there's one person I really need to acknowledge uh, tonight as well, Elgar Peterson. Elgar has been part of the Broncos um, from the beginning. And uh, thank you for that, Elgar. So, again, thank you for coming. Uh, good evening and be strong. Thank you. That's uh, the Mayor of Humboldt, Rob Minch, uh, speaking there tonight at the vigil that is going on in this very small, tight-knit community of 6,000. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau also at that vigil tonight as tonight. well. Uh, we're going to take a short break and we'll go back for more uh, from that vigil tonight here on the News Hour. Stay with us. Welcome back. We will go back to that vigil remembering the victims of the bus crash in Humboldt in a few minutes. But just want to bring in some breaking news for you tonight. A major announcement from Kinder Morgan today saying it's suspending all non-essential spending and activity on the expansion of the Trans Mountain Pipeline. This is a big, big story tonight. Paul Johnson joins us uh, with what that means exactly, Paul. Sonia, Kinder Morgan is now openly questioning if it can afford to go ahead with this pipeline expansion, and they're putting the blame squarely on the shoulders of the NDP government. In their statement this afternoon, Kinder Morgan CEO Steve Keen talked about the need to protect his company's shareholders, and he set a deadline of May 31st when they'll make their final decision about whether this is a viable project or not. So there's going to be a multi-week period where this story can morph into all kinds of new directions, very possibly intensifying the tension between Victoria and Edmonton and triggering response from Ottawa as well. Today, Premier John Horgan said this doesn't change his stance at all. Here's his response, followed by Alberta Premier Rachel Notley and James Carr, who is the Federal Natural Resources Minister. I want to say to all Canadians that I profoundly believe in the rights of British Columbians to stand up and make sure that we're doing everything we can to protect the interests of our province. I don't want to do that in a provocative way. I don't want any threats. I don't want any ultimatums. And I believe other governments should follow suit. If we have to, Alberta is prepared to do whatever it takes to get this pipeline built, including taking a public position in the pipeline. Put another way... Alberta is prepared to be an investor in the pipeline. And let me be clear, if we take that step, we will be a significantly more determined investor. What we're witnessing is the consequence of uncertainty. Uh, and in this case, it's uncertainty that's generated by the government of British Columbia by threatening court action. There is not a jurisdictional question here. That's clear enough. Courts, including the Supreme Court of Canada, 
have said that it is federal jurisdiction when the subject is a major energy project that moves resources from one part of the country to another. No surprise, environmentalists in B.C. are happy about this news. To them, this means the obstacles that have been put in front of Kinder Morgan are making them reassess this project. Uh, The David Suzuki Foundation's Jay Richland talked to me earlier today. He says this looks like recognition by Kinder Morgan that the legal, scientific and social backing for the project is not there. On the other side of the fence, though, supporters of the project say this isn't anything close to the end for them. I spoke earlier with uh, Stuart Meir of ResourceWorks Canada, and he says Canada loses out in so many ways if this project isn't finished and there's going to be some hard talk between the premier and the prime minister. So... If you felt like this story was starting to be stagnant or was starting to fade away from the headlines, you can bet that in the next few days this is going to be the most prominent political story in Western Canada. Sonia. Paul, thanks very much for that. Paul Johnson uh, bringing us all of that news tonight. Uh, Let's break it down even further now with uh, our legislative uh, bureau chief, Keith Baldry, who can uh, speak to us now. Keith, uh, what is the most important takeaway from today's announcement for you? Well, I think you heard Paul reference that May 31st deadline. That's the first drop-dead date we've been given by Kinder Morgan. Everything's been uncertain in terms of where the, where the finish line was. Where, when was Kinder Morgan going to walk away? And when was there going to be pressure put on the governments to do more than just simply have a war of words? So that deadline gives Ottawa and Alberta precious little time to inflict some economic damage or, or pressure on B.C. to get it out of the courtroom in terms of that reference case about regulating bitumen. So as Paul says there's going to be a lot of activity between now and May 31st from all governments. Uh, Trudeau, the Trudeau government and the Notley government are probably going to take some real steps rather than just issue news releases that could turn off the taps when it comes to oil to B.C. from Alberta and potentially to funding dollars that come to B.C. from Ottawa. So it's going from a war of words to, I think, a war of action. And we're going to see who blinks first. But uh, the stakes have ra- been raised considerably higher now by Kinder Morgan with that drop dead date of May 31st. It's going to be a fascinating struggle to watch. All right, Keith, we'll leave it there for now. Thank you very much, uh, Keith Baldry, reporting on the biggest political story tonight. Uh, The biggest emotional story, uh, without doubt, is the bus crash that happened uh, on Friday night in Humboldt. The community shaken to the core. Uh, Fifteen people killed. A vigil remembering those victims going on in Humboldt. Let's cross there live now to bring you what is going on at that vigil. Uh, Let's just see what they're saying there tonight. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has arrived there as well. I now invite Reverend Colleen Pilgrim to lead us in an opening prayer. I ask you all here and anyone listening to join us in prayer. Father God... First, we thank you, Lord, that we are in such an amazing country where we can meet openly and pray. During this time of sorrow and tragedy, Lord, we look to you as our foundation of hope, as our anchor in the storm. God, We ask you to be with us tonight. 
to hold us in your arms, to comfort, and to give us your peace. I thank you, Father, that no matter what happens, we can look to you in our darkest hours. Through our disappointment and confusion, and know that you are there. I pray, Lord, that you would be with us this evening, that you would guide our words, direct our steps, and again, Lord, comfort us in our weakness. And we thank you, Father. We thank you for the time that you've given us with our loved ones. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and you are good. And we all join in prayer now and we just say, in Jesus' name, amen. So as you can hear and see their prayers going on in the hum- community of Humboldt, uh, the Humboldt Strong Vigil going on there tonight. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau now in attendance. That is the local Joseph, reverend. Let's hear what he's got to say. Of the Federation of Sovereign Indian, Indian Nations, Indigenous Nations, I apologize. Come up and offer us a prayer. Remembering uh, tonight's, the 15 victims who died on Friday night, uh, this uh, Hockey town changed forever. Ones that are. Welcome back to uh, the news hour on Global BC. Let's just go back to the uh, vigil that is going on, remembering the 15 victims of the bus crash that happened there on Friday night. As a human family. And it is my prayer that we will find solidarity in grief with all of our fellow human beings. And I'm so privileged this this evening to be called upon to pray, not for you, but with you, in my indigenous language. So if it's okay with you, I would respectfully ask that you will pray along in your own way, hold hands if you have to, because prayer is powerful. I've been asked to pray in my own language. So with that, I want to, as unworthy as I am, greet all of you in the name of the Father of Tawimau and the Son of Kusisimau and the Holy Spirit, Kaganatsidachak. How no Tawinan, Ximandu, Nanaskutinan Gixuatsu, Nasiatipskag, Gagis Mutatinan Gixuatsu, and the witch had to work up cutting Gimuchik, Totim Nanak, Umminaim Hin, Ogota, which it asked Kiamati, 
So speeches from uh, the First Nations communities in the community of Humboldt there tonight as well. If you forgive me, I'll just speak over that for a moment just to tell you that we've been hearing from Reverend Matteo Carboni tonight, uh, the local reverend there. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is there tonight as well. The 15 victims, the youngest, only 16, being remembered tonight at this vigil, a community, a community trying to uh, handle this enormous tragedy as best as they can. Um, let's go to Global's uh, Quinn Ola, who's outside the arena for us tonight. Uh, Quinn, uh, it's very, very powerful. It is very tough to watch. It is tough for us to bring this news tonight. Um, I can't imagine how tough it is for those uh, that are actually, you know, in those families, those that knew these boys, um, it's, it's just the, the, the enormity of emotion there. Yeah, Sonia, and it's really incredible to be here. We've seen two things. We've seen that incredible grief, and but we've also seen those powerful messages of the community coming together. That's what tonight is supposed to be all about. The mayor says this is just the first step of the grieving process, and this is a big grieving process for this community. This has cut so deeply throughout the entire community, and you can see that through the thousands of people who showed up here tonight this community is only 6,000 people, and I can say that there's probably more than 6,000 people tonight who are either in the arena area or in some of the outflow areas, including the curling rink. People are in the high school. There's live streams set up at churches throughout the community just to make sure that everyone has a place to be together, because that's what this is all about tonight. Now, a major message has been that as the community has been struck by silence in this, in, they've been struck speechless, rather, in this, it's important not to be silent. Many crisis support workers were spread out throughout the service and will continue to be spread out throughout the service. They also continue to be offered throughout the community as moving forward people asking tonight that if people do need someone to talk to to reach out reach out to those pastors reach out to those people in the community who are able and willing to do this and they will be available for as long as this community needs it now the service isn't expected to last more than an hour but people are expected to stay after to share stories about these hockey players as well as the staff and other support staff that have been killed in this crash, as well as to grieve together because, as I mentioned, this is just the first step in what they're saying is going to be a long grieving process. Sonia? Quinola, we'll come back to you a bit later. Thank you very much for your powerful words there tonight. We'll just take a short break. Back in a moment. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside You're watching the news hour on Global BC. This is a live vigil going on right now for the Humboldt Broncos, a junior hockey team traveling to a game on Friday night. Fifteen of them killed in a horrific crash being remembered at this vigil. We will uh, go back to that then and uh, hear more on uh, what they're saying. Let's uh, go now to Yvonne, just in case uh, you want to know what is going on with the weather tonight. Yvonne? Yes, and we'll have a look ahead towards your Monday forecast. It's grey out there. We managed to see a few breaks throughout the day today. A few isolated showers for the evening, a band of rain or a wave of moisture right now working its way in towards eastern sections, stretching in towards the Fraser Valley. Chilliwack also included within that. Here's a t our live tower cam shot. So we are still looking at isolated showers, unsettled for the evening. We will see cloud cover for tomorrow, but it is going to remain on the dry side for most areas. 
Tennis, the current temperature, southeasterly wind out of the airport at 20 kilometers per hour. Temperatures today up to 12 degrees. The average for this time of the year sits at 14, so we were close to that. Areas into the interior today, Kamloops up to 17 degrees. The Peace topping out at minus 1. Prince Rupert today at 13, similar for Tofino and areas near Victoria. Your current temperature along the North Shore Mountains sitting at 9 degrees, similar for Coquitlam. 12 for Surrey, areas near Langley at 11 degrees. Agassiz currently sitting at 12 in Abbotsford with your current temperature at 11. Victoria at 11 and a few spots across the province with Quinell sitting at 8 degrees. Satellite and radar. So the moisture that we did see today is going to ease off. Tomorrow, this is our Monday, but we are going to hang on to cloud cover. And the next weather maker that we're keeping a close eye will be for Tuesday with a significant amount of rain pushing in and very windy conditions. Putting the future cast into play, Monday will be dry underneath cloud cover. Tuesday, the moisture moves in as early as the morning hours. It'll be late, later in the day for the interior sections and higher elevations could still be looking at some wet flurry activity. Three-day forecast across the province for the piece tomorrow at 7 degrees. Flurries redeveloping for your Tuesday, Wednesday. Whitehorse looking at flurries with temperatures up to 7 degrees. It'll be for the morning hours and then a partly cloudy sky for the afternoon. Coastal sections wet and windy with temperatures up to 10 tomorrow. Caribou and central interior a dry day for tomorrow and then a chance of showers developing on Tuesday. Columbia and Kootenai region will also see a bit of a break. However, the snow level tomorrow rising to 1,600 metres. Tops in Okanagan, a mix of sun and cloud with a high 14. Whistler will be up to 12 degrees. Most areas will see the moisture pushing in or heavier at times for Tuesday. And along the island, northern and central sections will still see a chance of showers. That'll be for the morning hours. Southern sections, it's just a slight chance with an isolated shower. And then as we look ahead towards our Tuesday, it'll be wet and very windy. Temperatures for tomorrow underneath a mainly cloudy sky. A few breaks in the cloud will be up to 14 degrees. Sonia? All right, Yvonne, thanks very much for that. Uh, we will go back now to the community of Humboldt uh, in the arena there, Humboldt Arena. Uh, there is a vigil going on right now remembering the 15 very young victims of this junior hockey team. Let's listen in. All I saw was hurt and anguish and fear and confusion. And I had nothing. Nothing. I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to have something. Um... I received thousands of texts. I looked over at Chris and his phone was dead and my phone was dead and we're trying to give answers and uh, thousands of texts, hey, we're praying for you, we're thinking of you, be strong. And we needed those. We needed those texts. Your, your families, you needed those texts. And I, I, we needed to hear those things, that the support was much bigger than me and Chris and the families. Four times, four times in the last 48 hours, in the midst of all the darkness, I didn't realize, but four times, four people sent me passages of scripture and I didn't realize what that meant until today. I had understood the support of people and I needed that. And you need that. You family members, you need that. You need to hear that people love you, that people care, that people are praying, that you're supported, that you are loved, you'll be looked after in the future. You will. Those are important things. But when it was so dark, I needed to hear from God. And only four times, and that's all it took, four words from God were bigger than a thousand words from any human being. 
someone reminded me that there's more of that psalm than we walked through the valley of the shadow of death. You need to finish the statement someone told me. I will fear no evil because you're with me. And as the psalm starts, the Lord is my shepherd. It took 15 hours of darkness to really understand that I had a shepherd that was walking with me. I don't don't know if that uh, made it any softer, but it made it better. When we needed comfort and refreshing and came around the church this morning, it was good to hear from God again. Someone to read a scripture. I just want to hear from God. There's two big questions that, that get raised when this happens, or why and where. Why did this happen? I would love to stand up here as a spiritual leader and say I have all the answers, but I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. This hockey town absolutely shaken to the core. The community of Humboldt uh, keeping as strong as they can uh, in the wake of Friday night's tragedy that has killed uh, 15 people. Lives cut way too short. We are going to take a short break here on Global BC and we'll go back to the community of Humboldt after this short break. A vigil being held in honour of the Humboldt Broncos hockey team tonight. Members of the community paying tribute. Let's listen in. He has felt lost. He wept in the garden, knowing what he needed to go through the next day. But the fact of the matter is, God didn't stay dead. Jesus did not stay dead. You know, Jesus himself goes back to Psalm 23, and he says to his disciples who are listening to him, in John chapter 15, verse 13, he says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. How do we know that God is with us? in our suffering because Jesus was here. Jesus went through every bit of suffering before we ever did. It says that we have someone who has gone ahead of us and before us into the heavenly realms and who now sits and intercedes on our behalf. We talk to Jesus. We commune with Jesus. We cry out to Jesus. And it's in this time that we need a shepherd who has walked through this valley before that can guide us. Oh, we need Jesus. We need to hear from God. I think it's pretty fitting the way everything's set up here. I sit right behind the bench every game. And I stare at the back of your players' heads, just like I'm doing right now. I sit there because I want to see the names on their jerseys. I tell every team that comes through is, I've chaplain that there's a name on the front of the jersey and there's a name on the back of the jersey. The coach's job and the GM's job and, and really what this community is all about and what everyone's here for is the name on the front of the jersey. You know, it's, it's huge, this team, this group of guys that all rally together around this one thing. I like to look at the names on the back of the jersey and I think it's really fitting now that 
I, I just want you to know that we hurt with you. Each name represents a family. The Bible tells us that he knew your name. He knew them before they were born. He gave them the breath. He has ordained their days. I've talked to Darcy numerous times uh, about what should we be doing at chapel. And we sat down at the beginning of this year. And and, uh, it's written on the back of the Broncos truck. Maybe you haven't even noticed it. It says, character determines success. You know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie to you. Your boys aren't completely full of character. They cheat in every game that we do at chapel. I know that's for sure. They're imperfect. But Darcy has done an incredible job of bringing together men who desire character. So we wanted to talk about character. And a week or two in, Darcy just turned to me and said, Sean, you've got to just tell them about Jesus. Don't worry about all the character. They need, they need Jesus. I would do Darcy a dishonor dishonor and a displeasure. I would do myself the same, and I would do um, anyone who's a Christian if if I tried to give you pat answers and here's a list of things you can do to feel better. You need Jesus. He's walked here. He's walked at first, and death couldn't hold him. Death couldn't hold him. He's alive. And he sits at the right hand of God on the throne. And he's in control. It doesn't feel like it, but he is. I want to read you a verse just as I close. I uh, I feel very much like one of our chapels today that we did in the pool. I told the guys you get uh, a little activity here that put out a bunch of pieces in the pool. And they had to take take turns as a team to dive under and swim over. And they could only do what they could do with one breath. And then when they had to come up for air, they were done. A very, very tough uh, evening there tonight in the community of Humboldt. You're watching live pictures from the vigil there uh, where the community has got uh, got together inside the arena. Many, many more outside watching it on a live stream on a big screen as well. We'll go back to that vigil after this short break. Do stay with us. Welcome back to the Global uh, News Hour. Uh, Friday night changed uh, the community of Humboldt uh, forever. It changed the whole of this country forever. Uh, a hockey team going to a game, just like so many do every weekend, um, changed after 15 people died in a crash. A tractor trailer colliding with the team bus. Uh, investigators nowhere near piecing together what happened, still in the very early stages. A vigil going on right now. Let's go there uh, to listen in to what is being said. Oh, we need each other, Father, but we need you more. Would you just speak to each one of these families that hurts, each one of those billets who goes downstairs to a quiet basement, each one of those players that have come before and look, and each one of those families in the community that just want to help but don't know how. God, just allow us to be still. 
God, help there to be rest. Help there to be peace. Thank you for your love for us displayed in the person and the purpose of Jesus Christ. We pray this in in his name, wanting to honor him above everything else in Jesus' name. Amen. As Jesus appeared to his disciples after he rose again, many of them wondered if it was Jesus. And uh, I've heard so many times, I wonder if this community will ever be the same. You know how Jesus showed that he was who he said he was? His scars. A scar is something that is healed, but still there. This isn't going to go away. It's not going to be as raw. Um, Can we heal? Yes. Um, Will the scar be there? Yes. This is uh, Reverend Matteo Carboni. I invite Arba to sing for us Amazing Grace. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau there in attendance there tonight as well as uh, this vigil is coming to a close. Remembering 15 lives cut way too short. I I want to give my deepest condolences to all the families and friends of those who lost someone from the accident. We're going to be singing Amazing Grace, and I would ask that you join me to sing. Science has proven that singing and music bring healing. And Humboldt needs healing right now. So as we sing about God's amazing grace, let's sing it as a prayer tonight. Lord, we need your grace. Grace is not just undeserved favor. It's God's empowerment to get you through the tough times. And right now we're in a tough time. There's so much sorrow and so much grief. It's the perfect place for God's amazing grace to come in and and envelope us in this arena. We need the Lord's presence here. Because when the Lord's presence is here, his healing comes. Burdens are lifted. Sorrows are lifted. I, I knew one of the, the persons in the bus. Uh, he belonged to Bolt FM. His last name is Bieber. We all know a Bieber, a famous Bieber. But he came and he interviewed me 
a few years ago. And I saw his face. I think it was his mother that put his face on Facebook.